The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate healing with return guest, Carmen Turner-Scott from my home state of Missouri. Yes. yes. <laughs> a practicing clinical social worker, psychotherapist, and astrologer with national and international clientele, also the author of several books. Today we're talking about Carmen's book coming out in May of 2023, Moon Signs, Houses, and Healings. Gain Emotional Strength and Resilience Through Astrology from Llewellyn Publishing. So, yes, this sounds very, very similar to your other book, Sun Signs, The yes. Sun is in Healing. It is. It's kind of the companion version because, you know, it's important for beginners and everyone to kind of learn about their sun sign first. You know, that's our main personality, our main identity. And most people know what their sun sign is for fun and that, you know, based on your month and day of birth and people know if they're a Virgo, Leo, Pisces, Scorpio. But then a lot of people, if you haven't done your full birth chart or really looked, you wouldn't really know where your moon sign is. And the moon, in my opinion, one of the most powerful placements in our birth personality chart, because it's our emotional nature. It's our inner nature. It's how we react, how we feel, and how we are deep inside and where we're vulnerable. And it's kind of that part of us that we only show to those that we love and trust when we feel that we can expose our true emotions. And so powerful. The moon is very powerful to show how we show love, how we feel stability, comfort, emotional fulfillment, and also how we heal. And that's kind of what I focused this book on was the moon sign and using the strengths of your moon sign to heal and overcome hard situations, grief, loss, trauma, change, how to adapt. And each sun sign is the same as well with healing. And the moon sign reveals another part of us that helps us heal as well. Right. Yeah. So how can we heal with our moon signs? 
Yes. So first you got to figure out where your moon sign is. So a good way to do that is you can go to astro.com or you can Google moon sign calculator and you can put your birthday year in. And even if you don't know the exact time, if you have a good idea, it'll tell you most likely where the moon was when you were born, what sign it was in in the sky, what star constellation. And then you'll get a, a good idea of your inner nature, your emotional nature. And so the reason it's important is because just like the full moon, the full moon affects all of us and the moon affects the tides of the ocean. And, and we're mostly made up of water. So if you think of the human body, so the moon sign is a very strong indicator of how we deal with stress, how we can overcome a lot of emotional trouble is by tapping into the strengths of the moon sign. So let me give you an example. Yeah. Aries. So if your moon is in Aries, you're going to heal and get a little bit upset about things that are hard. And you're going to have this inner warrior, this kind of anger that Aries are angry, compassionate. You know, they're ruled by Mars. So this inner anger is what kind of pushes you when your moon sign is there. So it's like, I'm going to get over this and I am not going to let this make me depressed anymore. And I'm going to fight. And I'm going to be resilient and I'm going to move forward. You know, Aries moon people use that passion, that intense energy they have, emotional nature to overcome and move forward very quickly. They're known to be quick. They're impulsive. They like to say what they think and they like to express their emotions very boldly. And so they kind of are more resilient than a lot of moon signs, in my opinion. And then you have other moon signs like, let's say, a, a Scorpio moon. A yeah. Scorpio moon is going to be very different. That's a water moon and water sign. It's more emotional, more intuitive, more deep, more private. And Scorpio moons like to hide and they don't like to be vulnerable. So they tend to repress their emotions and repress and, and a little secretive about what they really feel because they have to trust you fully to expose their vulnerable side, right? And so they may struggle a little bit more because they're not as open and expressive of their deep emotions. They feel things, but it's harder for them to verbalize it. And it might be harder for them to communicate or talk to someone. And we're in Aries, when they get upset, they just vent and all of it comes out and they talk and they're loud and, you know, and they're over it. They're over it. And then when they express they're upset, they're not mad. They're okay, let's go to dinner. And then if, you know, if your moon sign's not Aries and your partner's is like Cancer Moon or Scorpio moon, they may be like, wait a minute, I'm not okay yet. I'm still a little bit hurt by how you acted. And so every moon sign has a different way and timeline of how they can overcome challenges. And so with Scorpio, I always encourage them, Scorpio moons, it is hard for Scorpio moons. There's certain moon signs that are a little bit more difficult than others. In astrology, we call it signs are in detriment is what we call it, which means it's not the best place for the moon not the best place for the sun. And then certain placements are a little bit easier. That's all it is. It's energy. So the energy can be a little bit more challenging. That's all. And that energy can be used to heal. And I see that. So for Scorpios, they really need to express those deep, intense feelings that they have because you can feel it seeping out of them, but they'll be really quiet and just stare at you. And you're like, well, how are you feeling? They're quiet. Yeah, I don't know. You know they don't even know sometimes how to tell you what they feel because they're so deep 
and feel things so intensely. So it's good for them to have like a hobby, like to write or journal or talk, have a counselor. They're the natural psychologist too. So Scorpio moons heal themselves by helping other people heal. That's something they do because they're the healer. They're the ruled by Pluto energy, which is transformation, rebirth, regeneration. So they can overcome things, but it takes them a little bit longer than an Aries moon, for instance. It is kind of like, I'm not going to sit in these feelings. I'm moving on, right? They just cut the emotions off and move forward where a Cancer moon, they're going to be very connected to their emotions because the moon, Cancer rules the moon. That's the sign the moon rules. So that's their ruler. So they're going to be very sensitive and emotional and empathetic and feel people's pain and sensitive to the full moon and the different cycles, you know, of the moon. Fascinating. Interesting. So my daughter and I are both moon in Gemini. Oh, nice. So Gemini moons, and you probably wouldn't be surprised to hear this, that they heal through communication. They heal through talking, through sharing ideas and expressing what they think and feel. Talking, writing, just telling people stories, networking, being social, that being with friends, being with acquaintances, doing something that is social kind of helps them heal. And in talking, especially talking and verbalizing things and being on the move, movement and adventure, getting outdoors, doing something fun, doing a puzzle, doing a game, reading a book, doing something mental because they are an air moon. So they're intellectual and they're very friendly and social. You know, they're the networker. I always call that moon sign the networker and being with friends and people that make them feel better, that they can kind of express their worries too. Because that moon sign, can, you can feel a little bit restless emotionally. And it's like, there's like a restlessness feeling inside sometimes. And so there's things you can do to calm. And it might be breathing is a big thing for Gemini moons because Gemini rules the lungs. So if you're doing breathing exercises and even five minutes is all you need. Because Gemini energy doesn't like to sit still. They like to be doing things, right? And they're multitaskers. So you can also compartmentalize your emotions a little bit when you're an air moon. You can also intellectualize things too much where you don't truly let yourself feel and truly grieve or let yourself cry because you logically try to explain your emotions sometimes. And that's your strength, though. That's your moon strength. That helps you overcome things, too. True, true. And yeah, you said an air moon. Can you yes. say what yes. that say about that? Sure. Yes. So each, each sign is ruled by a natural element. So in astrology, we have four elements and there are fire, air, earth, and water, just like in nature. So fire moons, I say fire moons, that means they're ruled by the fire element. They're very intense, passionate, expressive. They like action. They like to tell you what they feel. They're going to be more verbal and more demonstrative physically with their emotions. And that is Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are the fire moons. And then we have the water, which is emotions, intuition, spiritual, mystical energy, and creative energy, very deep, very emotional type of person that's expressive, right? And, and sensitive, and then can get their feelings hurt easily, okay? And that's Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer. They're the water moons. Then we have the earth moons. So the earth moons are practical. They like stability. They don't like change. They don't like to feel caught off guard and might be a little harder for them 
to process their emotions because they are very realistic type of people, right? And that's Virgo, Taurus, and Capricorn moons, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we have the air moons. So the air signs, the air element is known to be intellectual. If you think of in nature, you can see water, you can feel it. You know the earth is there. And the same with fire. But air is just, it's hard to grasp it because it's in the mind. It's mental. It's not a tangible kind of thing unless you feel the wind blowing, right? So that's how I explain it in nature. But the air signs are smart. They're They're intellectual. They like to think about things. They also like to be on the move. They get bored easy. They need mental stimulation. So they're more of an intellectual type of emotional person. So they like to try to figure out why do I feel this way? What happened? They analyze things and try to figure it out mentally. And they like to communicate to try to figure out what they're feeling. Talking to their friends, talking to their parent, talking to their kids. How are you feeling? They want to verbalize. Tell me what's going on. Explain it. Why do you feel that way? They want to ask why. They want to dig deep mentally. Those are the air moons. And those are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Those are the air moons. So there's 12 signs in astrology. So there's 12 sun signs and there's 12 moon signs. So the moon will be in one of those 12 constellations when you're born. And it'll be in a certain area of the sky, in a certain house. So when we look at your chart, which in my book, I talk about the houses, the moon and the sign, the moon and the house, I'll talk about what that means because the house will matter because wherever house in the chart, there's 12 houses in the wheel and your birth chart, that's where your emotional nature is going to express itself. So you're a Gemini moon, for instance, if your moon is in the fourth house of home and family, That means your emotional nature, you're going to express that emotional nature of yours through your home and family. That's where you're going to feel most comfortable, most emotionally secure, where you're going to find fulfillment is through your family, through your parents, your childhood family, the family you create with your own family, and then being home, being alone, having solitude, being in your house is what, how a moon and fourth house person heals. So You kind of look at the placement of the sign in the house when you look at your moon sign to see both what energy is impacting you and where you can heal. It really shows where you can heal. And another cool thing the moon shows is the mother. So in astrology, traditionally, the sun represents the father figure energy in our life, and the moon represents the mother and the feminine energy, right? And so... We can see what kind of relationship we had with our mother and what kind of personality our mother had based on what sign our moon is in Mm -hmm. and what house our moon is in. So I wrote a little blog post for Llewellyn. It just went on their website and it's about how the moon shows your mother's personality. And it's just a, a short little blog. And I talk about the traits of the mother based on your moon sign. So for you being a Gemini moon, you may have felt like your mother was very intelligent, very smart, liked to talk maybe a little bit on the go, restless, maybe not as expressive of emotions, like motherly energy, more wanted you to do good in school, wanted you to learn things, reading, all those things, encourage you to learn, encourage you to communicate, which is good because communication is so important with our parents, I think more than anything. So Jim and I, I'm an Aries moon, so I saw my mother as very independent and very self-reliant type of a person. And that's how I perceived her. It's kind of how we perceive our mother figure. It may not really be how they are fully, but 
but we perceive the mother based on what sign the moon is in. And that's just what we're going to see our mother as. So like my daughter, for instance, she jokes me because she's got a Capricorn moon and that's not the best place for the moon. They'd say it's in its detriment because it belongs in cancer, right? The moon rules cancer. So it's exalted. That means it's like in the perfect place. But when it's the opposite of cancer, which is Capricorn's the polar opposite sign in the sky, that's not the best place for the moon to be. It just doesn't function as the energy doesn't function as well. That's all it means. But I told her it's not a bad thing. There's positive things about every moon sign. So I dedicated this book to her that always remember the positive about your Capricorn moon because she'll say, mom, I just feel like you're always working. And that's Capricorns are, that's how she sees me. Like, even when you're not working at your job, you're on the laptop, you're writing. And I just see that you're always being productive or efficient or doing something. And I laughed and I said, well, it was on a Capricorn moon. That's why I see you that way. And I'm like, yeah. And so we talk about it. And I'm like, well, I feel like I'm nurturing though. I'm more nurturing. Like if you read a textbook, Capricorn moon, it's kind of negative. I'm like, that's not true. I said, there's positive things about having a mother with, if your moon's in Capricorn, it doesn't mean your mother wasn't, was cold or unemotional. It just means your mother maybe was career focused, had a career, worked outside the home and had different jobs and was kind of a worker bee, so to speak. And that's kind of me. I do like to be busy and doing things as a Virgo. And so Virgo's son, but it's funny because she sees, she always says, you need to take vacation. You need to, she sees that I'm not relaxing. And I said, no, I'm relaxing. I'm on the computer and it's fun to me, but she sees it that I'm working. So see, that's how she sees me, that I'm always working. So that's kind of an example. It's interesting because you're describing the worker bee mom, the et cetera, et cetera. That's how my daughter sees me, but she and I both have been in Gemini. So that is so funny. Yeah. Do you know what house your moon is in? Oh, no. Let's see. Is it, let's, that's what we need to see. Is it in the 10th house of career? We need to look and see because that's the Capricorn house. See, there could be something that she sees that, and that's a Gemini thing too, though, because, you know, Geminis are known to be the multitaskers. They don't just do one thing at once. They'll have five or six projects they're juggling and they're always busy. They like to keep busy physically, mentally. They like to be doing things. They like to have projects. They like to be, and you can juggle lots of things at once. I could see that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm looking up here in the calculator. It doesn't say what house it's in. Interesting. Okay, so there's a lot to this, actually. There's a lot to this. And because you want to look at not just the sign the moon is in, but the house it's in. And you want to see, there's also, I don't go into this in my book, but there's in depth, but there's other books you can get, but there's aspects. So sometimes like, is there a planet that's conjunct your moon? That's very important because your moon, that means that planet is influencing your emotional nature. So I'll give an example, Pluto conjunct the moon. That is going to give a Scorpio feel to your emotional nature. That's going to change the energy a little bit of your moon placement. If, like say you're an Aquarius moon. When Pluto's there, it's going to make it a little bit more emotional, a little bit more deep than a typical air moon. So you're in same with Saturn. I know someone with the moon conjunct Saturn and they just tell me that they feel so serious and just so like this heaviness of their whole life. They've always felt like they were older than they were. They're very super responsible, hard on themselves. That's the influence of Saturn, the planet of karma and responsibility. Being conjunct with your moon means that their energies are like this. They're morphed in the sky when you're born. 
And so there's a lot of that we can look at. You have astrologer look at your chart. They can give you a lot. I mean, you can spend a lifetime learning astrology. That's why I love it. Because there's so many types and things in medical astrology, careers, relocation. There's all kinds of things we can look at to give you advice and things. But in my opinion, the moon is so important to know your moon sign because that is your inner nature. And that is your strength of how you overcome hardship and change and tapping into those strengths of your moon sign and utilizing them and for the positive and then overcoming maybe some of the negative traits of the moon sign. And I give tips, self-care tips, things like that in the book so people can overcome some of the challenges of each moon sign because every moon sign will have strengths and weaknesses, energies. Now, this is a dumb question. Is the moon sign the same as your rising sign? Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. No, no. no. So it could be. Now it depends. So whenever you look on TikTok or you look around, everyone's always saying what their top three is. And there's books about it. What's your top three? What that means is what's your sun sign, moon sign, and what's your rising sign, which we call the ascendant. Okay. So if you've ever had your chart done, it's a wheel and it has 12 sections. Okay. And what we do is when you're born, the time, date, place, month of birth, everything, it's like we take a picture of the sky and put it on a piece of paper and it's a wheel. And then all the planets are in a certain sign. They're in a certain area of the sky, which we call the houses. Okay, we call them the houses. And each house rules an area of life. And so to know what your rising sign is, you have to know what time you're born because mm -hmm. that'll change everything. So if you know you're born between a two-hour window, there's things that I can mess with different charts to kind of get and see what signs are rising between that period. And in that rising sign is your mask. We call it the mask. It's the mask that you show the world. It's not your real true nature. It's how people perceive you. When they first meet you, the energy of the rising sign is how people judge you because they see you as the rising sign. And so if your rising sign is the same as your sun sign, which I have that, I'm a Virgo rising and I'm a Virgo sun. People often say, okay, you're exactly how I, th I thought you were. But then if your rising sign's different, like a lot of people have a totally different rising sign than their sun and moon. 
people are like, you're different than I thought you were. Now that I got to know you, that's very common when your rising sign's different than your sun and moon sign. Yeah. And it's good. And the rising sign is how we relate to stress and how we physically look. Our physical appearance can be based on the rising and how we dress, how we talk. People, they you look at the face. There's websites you can go to to try to guess people's rising signs just by their face, how they look physically. Yeah. And it's very accurate. It's scientific. When you look at all the Aquarius rising people and movie stars and all the Scorpio rising, they got a similar look. Their facial features, all of that. And that's because that rolls the physical appearance because it starts the first house of the body, the physical appearance, how we look, how people see us. So it's really cool. There's websites for that. You can see all these celebrities' faces and you're like, wow, those are all the Scorpio rising celebrities or musicians. And they have a similar look. They really do. It's really scientific. It really is. And it just works. And that's why I love astrology as a tool um, of self-awareness and it's energy. And I believe that's why it works because we're impacted by the energy of it. Just like we are, everything is energy and especially the moon. If the moon affects the tides of the ocean, why wouldn't it affect our emotions? I mean, our body's all water. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Yeah. No, that's yeah. absolutely true. And you know, what I like about your book is that for each chapter, you break things down. So it's a handy reference guide, very handy reference guide. So thank you. Oh, yeah, I love this because I, I love it when thank you. information is easy to get. It's basic. I try to write all my books, my sun signs, houses and healing and the moon book. I write this on a practical, basic level that anyone that is, doesn't know anything about astrology can understand what I'm saying because I'm not going to get into the technical, the mathematical, how we calculate charts, none of that. I talk about the psychological part of astrology, personality, and I make it very basic. The energy. I talk about the energy. I talk about how the full moon affects each moon sign, how you might feel during a full moon, basic, how you become resilient, what you value, how each moon sign heals. And I give specific tips in a very basic way, very basic. And then I go through each sign, moon in each house, and what that energy might express out in the world and what you will feel as a moon in the first house, moon in the fourth, and you'll resonate with it because it's going to be energy and it's very accurate. It's just going to validate what you already know about yourself. And the cool thing is you can look up your friends and family because I have a chapter for each sign, all 12. So you can, okay, where's well, my child? Let me read about them. What's my mother, my coworker, my boss, you know, and you can read and really get to know people's emotional natures and personalities which helps us get along better with each other, which is what it's all about, understanding others and ourselves. And that's kind of why I write the books I do in a basic way. No, it's very helpful, I think. Very, very good. Well, okay, I have so many questions, Carmen. Sure. My first question was, how'd you get into astrology? But I think before that, I want to know, you're a psychotherapist, but you're a social worker and mm -hmm. you work with people in their traumas. And it's, mm -hmm. I'm sure astrology is very helpful. How do you it use is. astrology in your work? It is, it is. So in my normal, well, my normal job, I kind of keep it separate in a way. I know it. And so I, I use it as a tool, as a counselor. I've done, when I did private practice, when I've done astrological counseling, 
that's when I really, I get clients that I help them with their trauma. And in my normal job, I've worked with children, teens, adults that have had all kinds of loss and trauma in their lives. And I've done that my whole life as a social worker, but I really bring it in as a tool, just like, you know, we get training as counselors and social workers and different techniques. And so it's something that I use and know, and I use it to understand who's sitting in front of me. I don't force it on them. I don't, if it comes up, it comes up. It's something that I don't readily bring up if in my normal job. But in my counseling, my astrological counseling practice, I've been doing this since I was 19. And that's how I've got all my research and how I got into working with trauma survivors is through researching astrology in the eighth house, specifically in the 12th houses. Those I have books on that as well, but that's kind of my specialty and seeing people's life experiences and how the chart validates that. And then I can explain it to them like, you're not a victim. This happened for a reason and this is why. And that's what I use astrology is to help people heal and understand that is a tool This gives them some insight into their life experiences, right? And what their soul mission is, their destiny. And I just love it. At first, I was very, I don't want to say skeptical, but when I first started studying it, I was like a scientist about it. I'm like, I want to see why this is accurate because I read about myself and it was true. I'm like, why is this accurate? Why does this work? So I started studying it about age 19, 18, 19. And I just, what got me into it was I had these strange experiences I couldn't explain. I dreamed things that would happen. I would feel things. I was very sensitive to my environment, to other people's feelings and emotions. And I would just, if someone else cried, I would cry. Like I was very empathic. And I always had this belief in these things that I was not raised to believe in. I naturally was born different. And that's all I noticed. I was born this way, right? And so I wasn't raised to believe or have an awareness of these things, but I was always interested in the stars, space, crystals. I mean, all this stuff that I wasn't raised to even know what that, those things were. So I thought, why wow, there's something more to this. So I had a couple experiences in high school that got me on this path of teaching myself astrology. And it was a glowing ball of light in my doorway when I was 16 years old. And my mother always said, it's your imagination, et cetera. But that night she saw it too. And I had a witness. And after that, she said, I don't know what to say because I saw it. And it was like a watery orb in my doorway. And I laid there for hours watching it and I was frozen. I couldn't move. I couldn't say anything. I had no voice for a long time. And finally, it's like it released me. I thought it was a spirit guide, an angel. I've always collected angels. I've been obsessed with angels since I was little. And I thought maybe it was an angel, you know, and I finally yelled, mom, look in my doorway. And she saw it. I couldn't believe it. And so she was my witness. And so after that, I'm like, why, what is that? And why do I feel this way? So I read about, I got my first book. It was astrology, a cosmic science. I think it was named it by Isabel Hickey. This is like an old book from 1992 or something, 1980. And I read about myself and did my chart. And I'm like, this is why I'm the way I am. Because I have 12th and 8th house planets. I have the moon in the 8th house. I have the sun in the 12th house. And so those are the spiritual mystical houses in our chart, along with the 4th house. Those are the water houses. And so I started validating my own experiences. And I started practicing. I just started doing charts for friends and family. And then in graduate school, when I was going to be a social worker, 
I was doing charts for people for free at Panera Bread or St. Louis Bread Company. And they're like, you need to charge. Like, this is like deep. Like people would cry. And I was doing deep healing with people in a practicing as I was becoming a social worker. And it became my passion. And I've been doing it ever since I was 19. And I'm 47 now. So I've been doing it a long time and just collecting stories and research from people. And I started two Facebook groups back when Facebook was brand new and about the 12th house in astrology and the 8th house. And I have about 15,000 members from all over the world. And I've been dedicating a lot of my time to the groups and hearing people's stories. And it's been validating my research, validating that astrology is a science. It's true. It works. It's accurate. And it's because it's energy and everything is in the sky is going to affect us on earth. I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't know why it works. I just know it does. And I know it's in the Bible. I have a book about that. It's since ancient times. Jesus even talked about the sign Aquarius in the New Testament. It's in the book of Revelation. The four fixed signs of the Zodiac are in the book of Revelation. They're in churches all over the world. I used to live in Germany. I would see the Zodiac symbols. And why is that? So it's very interesting to me. So this is just my passion to teach people that it's not woo-woo. It's not crazy. It's a scientific, practical counseling tool that I think all counselors should take a class in it, honestly, to get a one-on-one about it. Because when they do, they're going to see, they can just have the sun sign of a child that they're working with, and they will see those personality traits. They will see the strengths and weaknesses. If a child is nervous or anxious, they can see that. They may be a Virgo sun. They may be a worrier. They can see that based on the sun sign alone. But when you have the whole chart and know the moon and all of it, then you really can know and be able to see the strengths and help someone in a deeper way as a counselor. And so that's what I I try to, I have the knowledge. I may not tell them this is astrology. I'm just going to say, you know, you feel things deeply. It sounds like you're pretty intuitive. I use it as a tool. I don't force it on anyone, but I do teach people that I work with people that know me basic stuff like Mercury's retrograde guys, be a little careful what you email. They're like, Carmen, what are you talking about? And then I teach them, well, this is what Mercury is and this is what it does. And they start noticing it like, Carmen, you're right. Is Mercury retrograde? And so then people that don't know anything about this know that there's something to it. And that's because it's a science. That's because it's like astronomy. And so I try to open people's minds up to how powerful of a healing tool astrology can be. That's my goal. No, and you're doing it. You're doing the thing. Thank you. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. So, I mean, in a clinical setting, is astrology looked upon favorably? I mean, can you be out as an astrologer at work? I think so. It's getting to be more mainstream. I think the thing that I would like to do is to offer it like with PESI and different programs that you learn about trauma therapy, you learn about emotional for EFT, EMDR, all of these things. And I would like to make it more mainstream. That's my goal is to do some kind of a basic workshop, astrology 101, right, to make it. But I know a lot of therapists that are astrologers and energy healers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know a mental health nurse practitioner who works in a group home and she can't be out with essential oils or meditation or like that's frowned upon in her facility. Really? Yeah. I'm meeting a lot of medical, like nurses, physical therapists, and people that are doing Reiki, 
that are doing these things in the mainstream medical, in the hospitals, I think it probably has to do with where you live too. Kind of the area, like I think the West Coast probably is more open to some of these things and with it. But I find that it's just meeting more and more people that are educators, that are counselors, psychologists, social workers that are trained in astrology. They've taken classes. And I met years ago, he wasn't really my supervisor, but it worked down the hall was a psychiatrist. And he had me do the charts of all the providers in the clinic. And this was back in 2002. Wow. And he knew everything about astrology. And he heard from someone that I knew astrology. And he came to my office and we could talk the language because astrology is a language. Right. It really is. It's, it's all the language. And so he, he was all excited to talk to me. And he was a psychiatrist. And he said, oh, yeah, I took Jungian classes in this and Jungian therapy. And he learned because Carl Jung was an astrologer. I mean, the psychologist. So he was, that was the first person I met that was a medical doctor that believed in astrology and had me actually do it on the psychologist, their charts. And they all were very interested. They were open to it because he was. And uh, it's just, I've met a lot of people. I've been lucky that I've had people be open-minded to it in my circles. And then I always say a Christian astrologer, I do a lot of talks and talk to a lot of people about that, but I've wrote a lot of articles about astrology in the Bible, astrology in ancient culture, and that there's more to it than we know. There was a lot of books written that we don't even have at that time, that the Vatican, they say the Vatican has the largest astrological library in the world, <laughs> the Vatican. Yeah, so, right. and the Pope apparently has his own astrologer and they don't talk about that, but they do. And I wouldn't doubt that some of the presidents do. I know Ronald Reagan did. He had his own. But right. that's because his wife believed in this, in astrology. But no, it's kind of been, I wrote an article called, Why is Astrology a Cult? O-C-C-U-L-T. And, and because people, they think it's mystical and it's a cult and mm -hmm. it's symbolic. It's kind of like the three wise men right. follow the star. There's all these astrological things in the Bible and in the religion. And I've been to so many churches and you can see the astrological symbolism. I've been in churches where the zodiac signs are on the ceiling mm -hmm. and, and on the floor. And in St. Louis here, if you've ever been to St. Louis Cathedral in St. Louis, Missouri. Beautiful. If you go back next time you're here to the left side back there, I think there's the four fixed signs. There's a beautiful statue and there's four fixed signs of the zodiac are in that church. The face of the eagle, the face of the man, the face of the bull, and the head of a lion. Those are the fixed signs of astrology. Yeah, wow. Because there's what we call them. Why is that in the book of Revelation? Why? Mm. If it doesn't mean something, if it's not important. And I think it's interesting because the fixed signs. So in astrology, there's 12 signs and there's three modalities. This is what we call them. They're energies. That's right. what just it's energy. That's it. So you have fixed signs, which they're known to be a little bit strong-willed. Mm -hmm. They don't like change. This is basic, what I'm teaching here. Basic, they get set in their ways, and they want to do things the way they want. Think of fixed. You know, they're fixed in their ways. Mm -hmm. Those are fixed signs. And then you have the cardinal signs, which this is why astrology is based on the seasons of the year. Aries starts the spring. So the cardinal signs roll each time of year. So the cardinal signs are Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer. Because Aries starts the spring, it's polar opposite. Libra starts the fall. Mm -hmm. Cancer starts the summer, and it's polar opposite in the skies. Capricorn starts the winter. So the cardinal signs, they start the seasons of the year, the four seasons. 
And then you have the mutable signs, which are the easygoing signs. They kind of go with the flow. They can adapt. They're adaptable. They're like, okay, I can change direction and I can do that. It ain't going to bother me. Where fixed signs are like, no, we made a plan and I want to do what we said we're going to do. They're a little bit more stuck in what they've decided upon. And the cardinal signs like to get things started, ideas. They like to delegate, hey, let's do this, but then let other people do all of the work to do it. But they're the idea people, the cardinal signs. So those are what we look at in astrology as well. What signs, what modality they are, what element they are, which we talked about the four elements. But the, the four fixed signs of the zodiac, there's 12 signs and there's four signs in each modality. Because there's three modalities, four signs, four times, so that's 12. So there's the four fixed signs are Scorpio and Taurus and Leo and Aquarius. And those are the symbols that are in the church here and in many churches that I've been in. Right. Well, I mean, we're recording this as of April 21st. It's going to be out sometime later, but we just had Easter not too long ago. And Easter sure. completely set astrologically. Yes. Yes. You know, everything. People who yeah. think that astrology is woo woo. Well, Easter is what? The first Sunday after the first full moon after. Yeah. Everything. There's a lot. It's a science. It really is. And there's so much symbolism. It's right. symbolism. Just like, for instance, Christianity was started during the age of Pisces. So that's why, you know, the Piscean age. And then if you look on the symbols of Christianity is the fish. Mm -hmm. That is the symbol of Pisces, which historically Jesus has been associated with the sign Pisces. Mm -hmm. And so now we're moving into what's called the age of Aquarius. Okay. And this is what is in, in the disciples asked Jesus, how will we know when you'll return? And he said, quote, Though there shall be signs in the sun, moon, and stars upon my return. Why would he say that? Unless there's something to this. And then he said, follow the man with the alabaster jar in the house that he dwells. Something to that effect. That is the sign of Aquarius. The man holding the alabaster jar of water, pouring the water out. Why would he say that symbolically, talk in that kind of language to him? I'm so sorry. When does this age actually start? We've been talking about it for some time. Well, a lot of people believe we're in it right now. Wow. And we are, I believe. And if you look, we pretty much are. I mean, we're in it because everything became very technological. That's what happens with Aquarius because Aquarius rules science, technology, space travel. I mean, look, we're going to the moon again. We went to Mars. We, all these computers, we have to be virtual. We had COVID happen and we all had to learn to be remote. And work from this. This is Aquarius. This is like the age of Aquarius. Okay, so we're in you it. Know, we're in it. I mean, and it's the age of, and you can see it. It's getting rid of the old structures and bucking tradition and embracing new change and innovation. Innovation, non-traditional things. I mean, look at the world. Look at all of these things that are very shocking to people that are different. It's not traditional. It's not the old ways, the past. It's all about the future and futuristic things. You know, I mean, there, you can see it just all the time that we're becoming more technological. They're creating robots. They're even having robots take orders. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a movie with Joaquin Phoenix. It's called, I think, Her or something. And he's in love with the robot or something. AI. AI, yeah. That's all this age of Aquarius kind of energy that is... It's just, it's already happening. We're already in it. And then the planet Pluto, 
just moved into the sign Aquarius, which was is a very big deal in the world because it hasn't been there since the 1800s, since the French Revolution. But look what happened when it went in there. France is uprising with the retirement age. So there's things from the past that replay themselves mm. from the past that's happening to cause revolution, to cause growth. So kind of what Aquarius energy does, if you know Aquarius people, and if your moon's in Aquarius, the planet Uranus rolls Aquarius. And it's the planet of unexpected change. And it kind of blindsides you. It pulls the rug out. And what it does is it shakes up your life, shakes up the world to make you grow. So if you're living outdated in a stagnant energy, Aquarius energy wakes you up and forces you to change. And that's what is happening to the whole world right now. Oh, it is Aquarius energy. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, especially you made a great point about COVID. It forced us all to yes, do things differently, rethink how we've been doing and we couldn't yeah. going the way we were going. No, that's a yeah. great point. There, we could talk about this all day. <laughs> I know it's so fun. I love it. There's so much to do. And, I, you know, I've been dabbling in astrology. We've got an astrologer with Radiate Wellness who's been trying to sure. teach me this for 40 years. Wow. Not really my bag, but I'm so appreciative of people like you who know this back and back and forth. And can it, because I think there really is something to it. Is there anything else about moon signs healing in your book that you think is important to mention? See, yes. The biggest thing is each chapter I dedicate to give you tips on how you can find emotional fulfillment and find your passion. Right. And to me, that's so important because if emotionally we feel unsettled and if we don't feel safe and secure and comfortable, that we don't feel comfortable really feeling and expressing our emotions. And that can cause illness. That can cause lots of problems in our relationships in our life. So this book will teach you how you find emotional fulfillment based on what sign your moon is in and what house it's in, what house it's in. So for instance, my husband is the moon, his moon is in cancer and it's in the second house, which is the house of Taurus. It's the house of money, security, finance. Emotionally, ever since I've known my husband, I've been married 20, 24 years almost. It's going to be 24 coming up, but he never feels settled unless he feels financially secure. He has to know there's money in the bank. He has to have money saved for a rainy day if a car breaks down or something, because if not, he worries and stresses over it. So for him to have emotional fulfillment and to feel safe and secure and be able to relax, to enjoy life, he has to feel that he has control over finances and practical matters. I'm not that way at all. I'm the opposite, which drives him crazy, right? I'm like, I want to live my life, life short, and you don't take money with you. That's my philosophy. But my moon is in the eighth house. (laughs) So it's all about death, resurrection, transformation, and living deeply and really knowing life is short. That's my thing. I've lost a lot of loved ones and friends at a young age. So I'm all about, I want to appreciate life because it's short. He sees it that, well, in the future. And I said, I don't even know if I'm going to make it to retirement. I mean, I'm living for, I mean, not living for today. I work and I do save. I mean, I do stuff, but I want to enjoy life. So everybody has their strengths and their, emotional fulfillment and you can't change someone. I mean, I can't change him. This is how he's been since I've known him. And I know his moon is in the second house and he cannot help it. This is what he finds fulfillment through. And I'm going to go ahead and let him do it because that's where he feels like he can relax as long as he knows that we have some money saved up. 
And so, you know, I compromise with him. Okay. Okay. I'll go ahead and put this much away in my thrift savings plan, you know, for my retirement or whatever. And then some people have their moon in the relationship house, the seventh house. And those people find emotional fulfillment through marriage, through having a love relationship. They really need that. And they need a partner to feel fulfilled. Where someone with the moon in the first house is like, I don't want a partner. I want to be independent and free. And I feel fulfilled when I can do what I want to do and not be tied down. So see, everybody's, it really matters what house your moon is in and what sign it's in of how you find emotional happiness. I talk about that in the book too, where you find happiness, fulfillment, and your passion. And I'd love for you to grab a copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I have the Sun Signs book too, which is a good starter. And I have a whole introduction to, in there that teaches you the basics of all of this. What each sign is, what the symbols are, what its traits are, how you do a chart, all of it. So you can get into the chapters and know your own chart, know where your sun is, what house, your moon, what house, all that. So it's a basic guide. Both of the books are really. Right. And your book, the Sun Signs book. That was, on. we talked about that episode 224 of the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Yes. Cast came out 1129 of 22. So yeah, we talked about that quite a bit. And I'd love to have you again too. Love to, yeah. I was looking at your Christianity book. I mean, we talked about that quite a bit here, but yeah, we need to talk about it again and we need to talk about it more. Now, this is fascinating stuff. And do you do charts for people or are you too busy? You're crazy busy. I was, I was crazy busy not doing charts, but I have a wait list and I've been scheduling people now on the weekends. So I, I only do charts on the weekends. So I'm doing one or two every weekend. As long as people are willing to wait, they can contact me through my website, www.carmenturnershot.com. And I'm on Facebook, YouTube, and under Carmen Turner Shot. So follow me, love for you to follow. And I post stuff quite a bit. And if you want a consultation, I'd be happy to do that and teach you the basics. That's my goal. Fantastic. And the website again is CarmenTurnerShot.com. And all that information and more is there. And we'll put the links and everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to you because you're like, you have the answer right there for every question. Thank you. Thank you. I love talking to you too. I love it. I love to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely happy to. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. 
On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.